Welcome to this podcast, Put Your Own Mask On First, with me, Vicky O'Farrell. And me, Nikki Van Swavik. And why have we called Put Your Own Mask On First? Well, me, Vicky and Nikki met sitting next to each other on an aeroplane travelling to the Himalayas. And as they tell you to look after yourself on an aeroplane, you must put your own mask on first. Also, this podcast has been born out of a pandemic which um, required mask wearing. And I think we are in a world now where we will be required to wear masks for many years to come. So um, it's all about being able to fill our own cup, look after ourselves so that we can be of service to others. That's exactly it, Nikki. And we look forward to you listening and joining in on these podcasts all about looking after ourselves first. And we'll see you in a bit. See you soon, guys. Welcome to episode one of Put Your Own Mask On First. And these first few episodes, we're going to be looking at confidence. And this first episode is all around limiting beliefs. So I guess I want to start, Nikki, by asking you the question of, do you have limiting beliefs? <laughs> oh, what a million dollar question. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Give us um, an example of one. So the, the uh, I, I mean, I, I'm sure I've got many, but this is something that I try to work on often, actually. And a big chunk of what I've been working through most recently um, has actually been with regards to my money mindset and limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that I have around money. Mm-hmm. This was um, game changing when I first came across money mindset and how we all have such varying relationships with money and how that can then impact <laughs> I guess decisions you make, how you feel about money, what you're going to earn, what you feel like you're able to earn. And as we know, um, you know, what you think you create more of, what you feel you create more of. So I realised that within my money relationship, I certainly felt like rich people were all greedy or evil or corrupt. And I certainly felt like there was maybe something noble about not having very much money and being able to make a little money stretch a long way but what I realized yeah what I realized was that was very very limiting and is not true you know that might have been experiences that I'd had in the past that made me view it that way but of course we all know that a fact is something that is 100% true for 100% of the people 100% of the time and if we look at it like that then you know I can now see that those limiting beliefs are exactly that limiting and just beliefs rather than fact. So, you know, there was a lot of my life that I spent thinking, oh, I'll just earn just enough and that's good enough for me. And I'll just earn this little bit here and I'll make that work. And that's plenty for me. If I want more than that, it's going to make me immoral and it makes me a bad person. And I've realised now that's not true. I'm not a bad person for wanting money. Money is a wonderful, wonderful tool that you can do amazing things with. So we hate talking, don't we, about money? Oh, it's very much. It's a very, very taboo subject still, especially with women, I think. More so maybe than men. Why is that, you think? I think it's definitely definitely changing and has probably been changing for years but you know earning the money historically typically it's been the male 
driven side of things isn't it whilst the women typically will stay at home and be mothers and not that money motivated you know that is very general of course that's very general but I think that is where it stems from you know Mm -hmm. and that's from hundreds of years ago yeah yeah well I'm glad that um I mean is that a limiting belief you you feel that you have to continually like unpack and repack yes yes I definitely do and that is a really interesting point actually so whenever you're doing this kind of work I think it's very very interesting that as soon as you next level up whether this is anything you know but speaking specifically I guess about money you might then reach the next level and that's going to actually unleash a lot more limiting beliefs that you didn't know you had so it's just about climbing that ladder doing that internal audit and making sure that when you're leveling up you're also having a little bit of a dig in your subconscious mind to see what's Mm. in there Mm. because that's where and we will talk as we go through this we will talk about where limiting beliefs come from and where they sit and how you can challenge them Mm -hmm. um but it's it is that thing isn't it that limiting beliefs it is beliefs there's an s on the air they they they're all interlinked with each other aren't they one will unpack another that's connected to another that then manifests itself somewhere else um yeah definitely we we do everybody has limiting beliefs in some way or another even the most confident person that you know that is out there doing life winning at life has limiting beliefs somewhere about something in their life it's it's the human nature when you talk about you know a fact is only a fact if it's 100% true 100% of the time for 100% of the people so when you talk about money it's a bit like paying taxes um, even though some people try and uh, get around that. But, you know, t- taxis, not even those black things that drive around in London, taxis as in the things that we have to pay to um, the government. You know, that's a fact. How much you pay is, is irrelevant. But money is is a massive one. And I think we could dig into that in further podcasts down the line as well, talking about money mindset. Mm-hmm. And I know um, episode three will be talking about mindset. So we will dig further there. Amazing. So tell yeah. me, Vicky, then, so that, that, that's a limiting belief of mine that I've been working through for the past um, few weeks, amongst many others, of course. But what have you got a limiting belief? Is there one that stands out that you'd like to share? Well, I guess if I look at myself in terms of one that, like I say, it's a recurring one, but each time it recurs, it, it comes in a slightly different form. So I set my business up in 2013. And that's because I got fired from my job. So I was kind of pushed into setting up my own business. But prior to that, I mean, I'd had I'd tried to be an entrepreneur, you know, in my teens, in my 20s and and things work and they didn't work. And I, you know, go back into the role of PAYE. But before 2013, that's kind of 18 months before that, people would say to me, oh, Vic, you should set up your own business because I loved being on stage, I loved talking, I loved training, I loved helping, I loved supporting. People say, why don't you set up your own business doing that? And I had this belief like, but who's going to hire me? What, what have I got to give? Who, what, where's, where's my, because I had this belief that you, you had to have been to university and got qualifications and got MBAs and, and all of this, you know, you needed all of this massive qualification stuff to actually go out and be a business owner. 
And I didn't have any of that, you know, quite happily admit that I just left school with a couple of CSEs and a couple of O-levels. It's not until I actually started my own business and started training, started learning that I actually put myself through, you know, tens of thousand pounds worth of training courses, but on subjects that I want. And so um, I, like I say, in 2013, when I got fired, I took that as the leap of faith. That that was my sign, right? Go and make this work. And I did set my own business up and I did win business. And I went to my contacts that I had, the connections with the people that I who said, why don't you do it? I was like, right, I'm doing it now. You know, I need to feed myself. But every time I go through a growth spur in my business, again, I do. I have that limiting belief of like, why do you think you can do this Vic and so this is the year 2021 and on my vision board as well as purpose I have the word automation on there and I because I want to my programs that I deliver I want to I want everyone to be able to access them but then I go but why you Vic so that limiting belief manifests itself back out again even though I'm qualified even though I've won awards in what I do that limiting belief comes out and goes but why are they going to buy yours Mm. why why should you be doing that program so whilst i i can i can and now i have to unpack that but i'm only unpacking like a small thing whereas back in 2013 that was a massive box to unpack because it it fed into lots of different things whereas now it just manifests itself as that one box Mm. but it's yeah it's unusual aren't they They, and they creep around absolutely and I think you've um, said something really interesting there because so Vicky and I are both coaches but I guess I'm newer into this industry but already I can notice with my clients and you know other things that I'm on and with speaking to people and whatever it may be one could argue that all limiting beliefs or, or or anyway from what I'm witnessing, all limiting beliefs seem to fall under the umbrella of feeling worthy or coming from a place of low self-worth or low self-esteem or, you know, it's, it is that, that world of self-doubt and that inner critic. So whether it is with regards to, but why me? Why would people want to listen to me? Or whether it's regards to, oh, I can't earn that much money that's not for me to do that's for other people to achieve you know all of these things essentially all stem back to that one sentence I am not worthy you know so I think it's very interesting to look at limiting beliefs on an individual basis but to understand where they're all stemming from I think is a really really big piece of this puzzle especially when looking to um, recognize them change them and so on Oh, a hundred percent. And and when we can go, we can look at something really, really simple. If I take um, like two children, let, let's take two 10 year olds who are both doing um, spelling tests at school. I'm, I'm assuming children still do spelling tests. I, I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> but say you've got two children who do spelling tests at school and each child gets nine out of 10 every week regularly on their spelling tests consistently. One child, child A, goes home to their parents with nine out of 10 and is told they're amazing. Oh, my God, that's fantastic. You're getting nine out of 10. That's absolutely brilliant. That is going into their subconscious mind because they're being told every week consistently nine out of 10. And child B goes home 
And their parents turn around and go, well, that's outrageous. You've got one wrong. You still keep getting a spelling wrong. You cannot get 100%. You're no good. You're no good at spelling. Until you get 10 out of 10, you're never going to be any good at spelling. So consistently, every week, child B is told that they're no good because they get one wrong. And that goes into their subconscious. So these two 10-year-olds are now in the world of work. And they've got to put presentations together because they're both up against each other for an interview. Child A goes up for this presentation and they've put the most amazing presentation together and, and they're going to use some great words and, they, and they're going to put all of the grammar right. Child B comes up and whilst they're OK and they know their subject, they have this limiting belief that there's going to be something wrong in their presentation, that they're going to perhaps have spelt something wrong. The grammar, And it's little things like that that it's not about money it's not big things this is a tiny thing and it's how we talk to each other as humans is how limiting beliefs become limiting beliefs because you are repeatedly told something because your brain receives millions of bits of data every day and it doesn't know what is truth and what is false false or real it doesn't know that it just takes all of this information in and it's only when bits of information are repeated and repeated and repeated that the brain then stores it because they think, well, that's constantly coming in. I must, I must, must keep it. And it stays and it goes into our subconscious brain. And I use spelling as, as a child, just because I think we can all relate to that at some point. Mm. But I think it's, it's exactly it. It's very interesting to see, you know, when you think about it at a top level like that, how much something so small can impact your later decisions, your later behaviours, how you show up to things, what you believe is in your reach, you know, absolutely everything. And that could be the difference between you reaching for what you truly desire or standing in your own way and holding yourself back. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if I ask you, I mean, that's, uh, that's an example of what a limiting belief is. It's being basically being told something constantly, hearing something constantly that goes into your subconscious. So, how do you recognize, though, that what you're telling yourself is a, is a limiting belief? Mm. How would you recognize that? Well, it's a great question. And I think that's, you know, the harder part, in fact. It's much easier to recognize or be able to, especially when you're a bit older, separate yourself from what other people are saying. But to put that focus on what you're saying to yourself, I think that's where the biggest gap comes in. And you know, doing that internal work and stopping to look inside is very, very important. You know, if we're unaware of what we're telling ourselves constantly, then we aren't really in control of our decisions and what we're doing. That that set of subconscious thoughts and limiting beliefs is. And I think the beauty of the human brain is we can decide, you know, it is up to us what is in there. It is split into two parts. So we've got the subconscious and we've got the conscious mind. Now, I hear different stats on this, so I don't know exactly what's true, but just looking at it as a guideline, it can be said that about 90 to 95% of the brain is actually subconscious, and then there's 5% that is conscious. And for even further, higher, yeah. I've heard even higher than that. We use a dot. If, you're, if your brain is a piece of A4 paper, the conscious mind is like a little pinprick that is being actively used. Absolutely. And look at, you know, Think of a iceberg. What a perfect example. You know, the yeah. biggest proportion and most dangerous, potentially, 
portion of that iceberg is what you can't see and it's what's under the water you know the bits that you're aware of is that little bit sticking out the top and doesn't it look beautiful and brilliant and everything's fine but until we dig under the water into that subconscious we don't really know what beliefs are in there that are guiding us so I think we've spoken about this before as well and I do love a good analogy for things but it's like it's a you know consider a Jenga block And like you said at the beginning, we look for different biases to prove our limiting beliefs right or wrong. Most of the time, right. We're often looking for negative bias to prove ourselves that way, right? So we could look at all of our limiting beliefs and how they weave into each other. And you could look at the Jenga block and think each block is one belief. You could start taking that Jenga block down one piece by one piece by one piece. Or you could really stop and dig deep, you know, look inside yourself, ask yourself the difficult questions, create stillness, create space so that you can listen within and really find the root cause of where those limiting beliefs came from. If that root cause is the bottom of that Jenga block, you can simply pull that one out and the rest of it will crumble. So awareness is a really, really, really key part of limiting beliefs and you know, we can rewire the brain. And this is why affirmations and things like that can be very useful when trying to rewire limiting beliefs. Basically, there's neuroplasticity in the brain. And like you say, if you keep repeat, 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 it creates a pathway. All you need to do is be aware of that pathway and mindfully put into practices and rituals that will create a new, more beneficial pathway in your brain. But that's the beauty. You can do that. You know, the brain will allow you think of it like a garden where you choose what seeds you want to plant, what weeds you want to dig up and what flowers you want to grow in there. You literally have the same level of choice with your mind. That is absolutely fascinating. And I love the the Jenga block analogy there. Um, I mean, I ask you the question, though, you know, you say if you knew that the limiting belief was the block at the bottom, is it dangerous to just remove that block at the bottom and everything comes crashing down? Do you need to understand how it's made up so that you can unpack it more gently or is everyone different? Yeah, I wonder if everyone's different on that. I mean, me, I just want to take the one at the bottom, right? (laughs) Let's go for path of least resistance. Let's get the work done. Let's whip it out from the bottom and let all the others crumble. (laughs) And I I suppose, I guess it really depends on what that limiting belief is and how it's connected to everything else, because we can talk about, and and I guess the, the limiting beliefs happen as well. Like when you were talking about, listen to, you know, we listen to what others say, but it's what we say to ourselves. It's, it's our own internal mind chatter, And how many times do we use the negative words? Oh, I can't, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I shouldn't. There's something and it's that whole fear. And yes, when we were cavemen, absolutely. We needed to know whether that saber-toothed tiger was going to come and eat us or whether we were going to go and kill it and have it for dinner. You know, it's that that difference of, uh, you know, I can, I can do this, I will. And just by simply changing those words, but it's, again... It's the subconscious mind where the mind chatter sits. And so we're not always hearing it. We can hear it when I turn around and go, oh, oh, I'm not sure. Do you think I should launch that program? I don't think can't can't be any good. I can hear myself saying that. And then I can go, oh, God's sake, Vic, don't be so silly. But it's what my subconscious mind is telling me. So I I, I love the analogies that we're doing. So but I think about... um, 
I, I do think that's a great point though and that is definitely something worth mentioning you know a limiting but the reason we have limiting beliefs is exactly that they were born from a place where we're trying to protect ourselves yeah. you know and that's a beautiful thing and that we should have compassion to ourselves for that you know really it's the ego talking and the ego is very driven by fear and wanting to keep safe 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 protect 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 so there will have been a time when that limiting belief was of service and it's about acknowledging that thanking it but also being mindful that it's really important to audit what's in there you know what's in the subconscious and what limiting beliefs that you currently have because the chances are they're not going to serve you forever so it's about understanding that there was a time and there was a place when this was really important for me to believe, but things have changed and this is no longer serving me. Thank you for protecting me for as long as you did, but I'm ready to let you go and move into my own, you know, light or however you want to describe that. Yeah. And, and I, I love the fact that you do, the way you say it's about auditing, yet that limiting belief did serve you for a reason at some point in your life, but it now no longer serves you. Mm. We started this conversation talking about money and the amount of people that I talk to that, that talk about owning their own property go, yeah, well, I'm never going to be able to own my own property. You know, even just saying the words, well, I'm never going to be able, that's straight away, that's negative mind chapter. It's like, well, I, I want to, and it's how can I, you know, even even just by changing the word, I'm never going to, I'm like, how can I own my own home? You're now opening yourself to want to find out how you can, as opposed to saying never, you've just shut the door. Mm. I'm, I'm not even looking for any opportunity. I've just shut the door. So those disempowering negative words that we use on ourselves and and then also the people around us. So we talk about, uh, you know, you are, I can't think of what her name was, Elizabeth Amney, isn't it? The social groups of importance, the five people that we hang around with would be how we turn out in life. Um, that's a whole different subject, but if you turned around and said, well, I'm never going to be able to own my own property and everyone around you said, no, you're not. I agree. You're not going to. You've given yourself the negative word and everyone else has cemented that negative word. And it's like it's just put the top on it. It's just like, well, I may as well just never even think about it. Whereas if you turn around and say, I'm never going to be able to own my own home and someone turned in your so your network, turned around and said, well, why not? What? How much do you need to earn to what, what's stopping you? all these different things is it work is it money is it um ability what what is stopping you owning your home when you start getting people to have um that growth mindset as opposed to not actually people can move out and when you you find those people don't you i mean i'm i'm a great believer myself and i, I surround myself with people who are positive and yes your friends and family go through those negative times of life when you have to support them but I love people, which is why I think when we sat next to each other on that plane in the Himalayas, even though you managed to lose your passport, your um, cushion. If your, I could lose food, it, it was lost, basically. It, it was lost. <laughs> and, and, and perhaps me was thinking, uh, what, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> it, was sleep, but, it was sleep deprivation. <laughs> yeah. But we connected because I think then when we went to the hotel, and that's when you lost your passport, um, there was a connection in the fact that we believed we were going to, we, we, we put ourselves to go and do this trek for five days up the Himalayas for the amazing charity called Copperfield. And yes, I'd done one before, but this was outside my comfort zone. This was, this was India. It was, it was a country that I'd never had on my radar to visit because I, I don't do well in crowds, but 
you know, had limiting beliefs, but rather than rather than both of us squashing each other's by going, yeah, we, we'd encourage each other going, we can do this. We know we can do this. And those positive words and positive affirmations on the people that are around you is how not only do you challenge your limiting beliefs, but you change them. We limiting beliefs will manifest themselves, won't they? Mm. As, as we go along in life. But also think about what we experienced because we did push through that. That Himalayas trek was one of the best experiences of my life for many, many, many reasons. So what if I'd have held myself back? You know, what if I didn't have that experience? And, and, you know, when you're talking about the property analogy as well, you can see, you can see the gap that, that limiting beliefs create. So let's say that, limiting belief that I'll never own property that's buried in or you know I could never go to the Himalayas that's buried in your subconscious so you're not even aware of it necessarily but what you're aware of the bit that's in your conscious brain is the want and the desire but because the subconscious is holding you back from the want and the desire you're living a life of never achieving the things you want to achieve and the impact that that has on your self-worth on your capabilities in everything is huge and that's going to be the thing that holds you back and that's not keeping you safe that's keeping you stuck that's keeping you stagnant and it's that you know the gap between the belief that's in the subconscious and the desire that's in the conscious the gap gets bigger and bigger the more you don't look at it no, but exactly just by reframing it as how could I make this work already? That's a very different neural pathway in your brain that is looking for options to make yeah. the Himalayas, make this property happen, whatever it yeah. might be. And then the other side of that is achievement, accomplishment, empowerment, fulfillment, you know, all the things that you can achieve by just believing in yourself and being able to push through a limiting belief. Yeah, yeah. there's great things on the other side of that. That, that whole success and happiness isn't it well I'll, I'll i'll be happy when i've got my house you know whereas there's someone that'll be like i'll be happy when i move out of my home you look and i think there's one that goes around on social media isn't it is that it's the guy that's walking looks at the guy on the bike and the guy on the bike looks at the guy on the motorbike the guy on the motorbike looks at the guy in the car the car the yacht the and it's all of that it's always looking to aspire to do something else but telling yourself I want that. I can do that. I will do that as opposed to, well, I'm never going to be able to do that. It, and it's that, it's just the words that you use because let's face it, if if you don't do anything about limiting beliefs, like you say, you there's no growth mindset. You, you become stuck in this world of wherever you are. And do you know what? If you're happy, then be happy. But you can't, put your happiness down to somebody else because your limiting beliefs we have to know we have to recognize we have limiting beliefs we have to as you call them unpack them audit them pull out that bottom jenga rung whatever it is so that we can move on and the only people the only person in control of my happiness is me well happiness comes from within you know, nothing, no object, no achievement, no anything in this world will bring you happiness. Happiness comes from within, you know, and because we were talking about money mindset earlier, you know, there's this, this has cropped up for me a lot recently. And I think there'll be a lot of differing views on this statement, but money doesn't buy you happiness. Well, no, it doesn't. But I find that a very, very limiting belief because all that suggests is, Rest easy in having not enough money because it wouldn't buy you happiness anyway. But my problem with it is that 
money and happiness are not even interlinked. They, they, you know, you, you wouldn't get happiness from anything. So why we're just attaching it to money. That's where I think it is transforming into a limiting belief and that belief that it's a bit noble to not have enough money. You know, I'm a good person cause I'm getting by, but I know money doesn't buy me happiness. That, that but was, I think it's, I, I do think it's it's very interesting. And the, the thing with limiting beliefs is it, all these, all these limiting beliefs that we might identify within ourselves, identifying it is one step. But it is really, really important to know that when working with your own limiting beliefs, it is like a practice and consistency on trying to unravel is really, really important. You know, changes won't happen overnight. I mean, you might get some shifts that maybe move you in the right direction overnight, but it really is about being consistent with wanting to rewire what's in your subconscious. You know, digging it out in that first instance to have the awareness and then really finding the better version of that sentence that will now serve you and repeat 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 build that new pathway in your brain until it becomes automatic and default like your current limiting belief is yeah okay that's wonderful so limiting beliefs it's it's um recognizing what is a limiting belief it's challenging what is that limiting belief and then it's changing the words that you use to make new powers, new lines, new pathways in your brain to stop that limiting belief. So that when that limiting belief arises and manifests itself in another format, another time in your life, you've already dealt with it. You can do it again. And then you recognize when you've actually made the change, how you've dealt with your limiting beliefs. Absolutely. And I mean, my story is similar to yours, Vic, actually, you know, I was forced into this situation. Mine followed redundancy. Um, and that was yeah. COVID driven. But, you know, I'm so grateful to have been forced into a space of having to reflect. And what's that? That has now meant that I've started my own business. I've retrained. I have learned so much. I am growing. I am finally feeling, you know, all the things I've wanted to feel in my work for so many years. But they just felt so far away from me that I created a limiting belief that they were not for me. So all I did was jump into job after job that I thought might be better than the last and you know it was in parts but I was still always left feeling like nah this wasn't it this isn't it <laughs> so oh, I'm well. really grateful that I was forced into you know peace and stillness and having to go within and and figure out what my limiting beliefs were because by doing that it allowed me to really find what I'm passionate about in life and it allowed me to dig out all the self-doubt that would enable me to go and actually do it. And I am so proud to say that I am doing it. And I'm so proud that you are doing it because I remember walking around with you on the first day in the Himalayas and I, all I could hear was limiting beliefs of, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't do that. And I won't. And, and I was just like, Whoa girl, come on, where's your self-confidence? And now look at where you are. Oh, it's been amazing talking on this very first podcast of put your own mask on first with me, Vicky O'Farrell. And with me, Nikki Van Swavik. We hope you've enjoyed talking today about confidence and limiting beliefs. If you do, please like, share and um, get other people to listen to our podcasts. And please do join us on our next month where we're still talking confidence. Absolutely. It's been amazing to speak to you all today. Vicky, always a pleasure. I love talking to you. Um, but until the next time. It's bye from me. Bye, guys. <laughs>